welcome to episode 187 of the Two on Three podcast, where two of your friends take on three topics in 30 minutes. I'm Ty, and you can find me offering a reminder that coins are not attracted to magnets on Twitter at SCATJK. And with me tonight, as usual, is Chris. Where can we find you? Trying to get us signed up to do commentary in the Long Drive Championships, Chris. <laughs> you can find me at CD Villasenor on Twitter, and I have been watching way too much PLDA coverage See, over the last two after the last two days. We could do that if you wanted. <laughs> There's a thing called live streaming. We could just get on the internet and talk. No, they should just happening. let us host it as their as the as I mean. I'm not qualified they, for this. It would do, but you would do better. We would do better than the people who are doing it. <laughs> Believe me, I think I just end up doing a, a like a, a crappy Bob Menery impression. Oh, you hit the shit out of that one. <laughs> <laughs> that would be better. That would be, be that would honestly be better. I mean, you just have, you know, it'd be a, you could just do a three person booth. Like people just make it entertaining. I mean, this mm. is this is the thing about what they're doing is. They're, they're, they're in the weeds a little bit with all the stuff that, you know, all the sort of golf nonsense, mm. like, you know, launches and all this. You need a little of that. You need, you need somebody to come in and give you some technical aspects. But the mm-hmm. people who are driving the broadcast should know better than to wade into that like 24-7. Like mm. there are some amazing swings, like crazy swings, swings you don't see in golf that are sure. going on. and. People need to get focused and talk about those a lot more. Well, I, you know, I haven't watched a lot of darts in my life, but these things yeah. seem of a kind. Mm-hmm. And do you have you like? Do you know that they get into technique on the on the dart throwing? <laughs> I've seen some of the dart coverage, and yeah, I mean, so the the part where we would be. So we're not getting the human interest stories in the long drive championship. Is, no. And, okay. But there's, there's, you know, that's the part where we'd struggle. If they threw us in there right now, like the history of like, no, I just look so up and on so read yeah, live. Exactly. Like so-and-so so in the spring, like you mean, it would take us two days of prep and then we'd be like, Oh, we know what, you know, how they've been doing. And you know, this is the half, you know, that's like what one fifth of the broadcast is being able to say, Oh, in the spring in, in January, he had a really good showing at the whatever right. long drive open. You know what I mean? It's like little things like that. That's fine. But just reacting to the spectacle, they do a terrible job of it. And mm-hmm. I think that if they reacted to the spectacle more and enjoyed it more, that I think they would, I think it would be a better broadcast. Okay. I think I'm, it's just some dudes who are doing it. Now I feel like I need to check it out so that I can also have an informed critique. <laughs> <laughs> so I can also yeah. lobby on our behalf. To yeah, do and the plus they're doing basically a live YouTube stream. So I mean... <laughs> It's. I think they're doing an okay job of it. They All could right. just do a little better. Okay. Are you enjoying it though? I am enjoying it. I I, I mostly enjoy um, Japanese guy with crazy swing. <laughs> and there's this he had guy to go named, back to back the other day. He had like this, run back out there. Yeah. This like Taiga Izawa is my guy. Tiger right. Woods is how they're calling him on the. <laughs> see, all the commentaries happening in the YouTube chat in the mm. YouTube comments. But Tiger Tiger Woods, as everyone likes to call him in the uh, in the chat, he's he's my guy. All right. Well, as usual, we've got a fantastic show for you this week. In segment one, we're going to take a quick look at Hollywood's latest offering of nepotism and decide if it might be a good thing under certain circumstances. In segment two, we're going to offer a heads up on dying careers according to Yahoo Finance. And finally, in segment three, we're going to dip into the advice column for a discussion on when you can say no to other people's problems. 
Beyond the buzzer, it's back to the stupidest things ever said before we head to the OT for the Who News of September. Interact with the show on Twitter at 2on3pod or hit us up via email at at 2on3pod.com. You know how much we love to hear from you. But before we get to that, have you heard about the local baseball club, Chris? <laughs> yes. I've heard of I've heard about them. Uh usually don't hear about them much at this time of the year. It, it feels like a unique experience. It's been quite some time. <laughs> it's been quite some time. I wonder. So we talked earlier in the summer about my cord cutting and that I finally switched to streaming and I told you all the reasons it was better. Mm-hmm. And the only thing that I really gave up at the time when I looked into it was the ability to watch the Mariners. And, you know, at the times early in the season, I'm like, eh, it's fine. Right. Who cares? Yeah. Well, I'm also known among our group of friends to be a bit of a cooler on the local sports teams. If I'm too high on something, I'm too Uh excited about it. Uh It generally doesn't pan out. (laughs) Things work a lot better if I keep my expectations low that's kind of taken a lot of the passion and the fun out of it for me, though, because, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, because you'd maybe like I'm... to get excited. You'd like to get excited about this, this, this run toward a you know potential playoff. I would. And it's right. It's simmering below the surface. But I wonder, is it like a response? My, my personal responsibility to stay out of it, <laughs> like, because I feel like the, the further I the more effort I put into it, maybe I change some settings on my phone, get some more, more frequent updates and such. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, I've spent some time like watching different places where I could, you know, catch snippets of the games as they're happening. Sure. And I could go through the effort of, of finding a way to stream it. Now, you know, it is of course a very Seattle sports thing that the Mariners only stream on root sports on AT&T TV, that streaming <laughs> service that everyone has. <laughs> just, no one has. You go to MLB TV, it's 26 bucks. I'd pay the 26 bucks, but local blackout rules say that I can't watch the Mariners mm-hmm. in this market. But VPN is not that hard to set up. It's right there for me to do. And I've been considering it because I really want to watch those last few games. But is it, is it incumbent upon me for the the good of the city to stay out of it? (laughs) Spoken like a true sports fan, like, like anything you do has anything to do with it. But, but, but here's the thing. Don't, don't, if you really, if you really want them to go to the playoffs, don't wreck a good thing. Don't change. I mean, the only thing you can do is hurt. See, right. Now, I, we both know intellectually that this is an absurd concept. <laughs> and yet here you are. Because mm-hmm. I'm the same guy. I'm the same sorts <laughs> guy. I, it's it, right. If, if uh, like there are times where like I won't watch the first half of the Seahawks game on purpose. Mm. <laughs> usually usually because I'm, I'm miffed about watching them go three and out like four times in a row. But they they tend to do better when I'm not watching. Mm. So I'd like to get them off to a better start by not watching the first half. Happens all the time. I mean, of course it's absurd. But hey, if you if if they're doing well, you got to keep doing what you're doing, and that's that's a sports person, that's a sports fan take. One hundred. All right. Well, if they make the playoffs, it'll shift to network TV, and I'll get to watch it. Yeah, and uh, and and I'll watch it too. I don't. Again, I'm a. It's easy for me because I'm a. I'm I'm a only a baseball playoff watcher. I don't watch the regular season. I just here and there. I, it's it's the thing that I put on. I think we've said I've said this before. I put it on because I don't have to worry about it offending anybody. Just like I, I can't put on a movie, right? Like yeah. there's nothing on. There's no active. It's just it's live sports. Yeah. Just turn the TV on and just let it run. Yeah. 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 I, I don't I watch you. it. Watch it. <laughs> live baseball during the middle of the regular season no like some july game 
forget it. How's there still not good like a good whip around show? A what? Like a the red zone for baseball. I don't know. It's too hard to curate. There's too many games. That seems and what, like so what do you say? I mean, wow. it's like I don't know. It, you just get angry with it. <laughs> it's like why are we showing me this? Two down in the bottom of the third with runner in scoring position. Really, what they know. should do is just show four games on one screen and have the audio be the red zone part. We're switching here and like just because it's more interesting right now. Right. Yeah. All right. That's well, good with idea. that. So I did we come to a consensus? I have to stay out of it, right? Stay out of it. All right. You only have to stay out of it for a few more days anyway. I know. These are the days that are the fun part, though. Because if they don't make the playoffs, then, th- then I missed out on the fun part. <laughs> All right, let's go to segment number one. All right, in segment number one, um, you mentioned, I think, on Twitter that you enjoyed the trailer for Licorice Pizza, that uh, new Paul Thomas Anderson, um, Philip Seymour Hoffman's daughter movie. And I feel bad calling her that. Like, I should know her name, but I don't know what it is. His name. What? It's Philip Seymour Hoffman's son. Oh, it's the kid. Yeah. Oh, I thought it was the I thought it was the girl for some reason. No, oh. that girl. That girl's Alana Heim of the pop group Heim. She's no wonder she looked familiar. Yeah, she's the youngest of the. Heim <laughs> that doesn't sisters. change anything about what we're going to talk about. It just <laughs> right. changes my perception of the trailer. But uh, <laughs> yeah, he's yeah. His son is the kid who looks like young Philip Seymour Hoffman. All right, I was and, confused. And uh, and she's uh, and she's a uh, would we call them pop stars? It's hard to say. Mm, I don't know. Yeah. They're musicians. Sure. They're famous enough. Famous enough. Yeah. Anyway, you mentioned that you enjoyed it. I now, did. tell me first what you enjoyed about it, because I watched it twice, and I'm not sure that I enjoyed it. So there's something about a Paul Thomas Anderson movie. The way it looks. Is, the way it looks, the way it feels, the way it Yeah. I is, agree with that part of it, for sure. I mean, it, it's it's about as close to art film as I can deal with. For the most mm. part, okay. I mean, it's it's slightly sense. more accessible than than your standard art film fare for me, because he always does at least one interesting thing, and you're always looking for the one interesting thing in it, and uh, it keeps you coming back. It keeps me coming back anyway. So I respect okay. that about him. I'm sorry, I'm having a hard time responding to you. I uh, I clicked over to IMDb just to have this in front of me, and they changed the format of the page, and it, it's. It's it's broken my brain. I need to just close it because it doesn't matter for the conversation we're trying to have. But <laughs> I just wanted to see the cast, you know, so that I could refer to it. Uh-huh. Um, and it's not in any sort of order that I've ever seen before, so I can't process it right now. <laughs> it's anyway. got people in it. It's got it's got loads it of it's got loads of stars in it because everybody wants to be in a Paul Thomas Anderson uh, art ish film because you know. They look great. Everybody comes off great in these movies. I mean, yeah. somehow, you know, I mean, he made Boogie Nights and that theoretically should have killed Mark Wahlberg's career and instead it made it because it's he's yeah. that good of a movie he's that good of a movie maker. Right. Yeah. I mean, there's just a yeah, he's he's obviously talented and 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 to be honest, those movies can be a bit of a slog. I mean, they can be sort of emotionally sort of <laughs> wrenching and I kind of have to be in the mood for it. So yeah. it might take me a while to get around to this one, especially since I'm not going to a theater to watch it for God's sake. Cause it's probably three hours long, mm. but I like yeah. to watch Paul Thomas Anderson movies once on an airplane. And then That's... if I could, if I handled the tone, okay, then I'll watch it for real on a big TV <laughs> airplanes. The right airplanes, the right, like a flight to Hawaii would be a perfect yeah. time to watch. And if I really Thomas liked it, I'll watch it again when I get home. 
I probably never watch it again. But <laughs> really, you never watched another. You never watched Paul Zimmer Sanderson movie twice. No, I have. I mean, I've watched Boogie Nights several times, and I've seen Magnolia a handful of times. You know that I've never seen Magnolia. Really? Mm-hmm. You should watch it. It's like this hole in my pop culture reference uh, catalog that people make references still to Magnolia. Well, yeah. at least old people like us. All right. So anyway, I shared with you this, this list. Speaking of the nepotism, so do you think it's a good thing? Do you think the kid can can act? That's the question. I think I think he probably can, and I you know I think that I, I don't think Paul Thomas Anderson would hitch his wagon based on nepotism alone. I mean, the kid's <laughs> got to have the goods. Is there a more a career where nepotism helps you more than Hollywood? Like, what's yeah, the Hollywood mu- nepotism music. versus Wall Street nepotism? Music. <laughs> Music, music helps to have to be part of a line. Um, yeah, just famous. I think famous breeds famous in this culture that we live in currently. Like you know, there are people who are just famous for being the child of somebody famous. Right, right. And they don't necessarily have to be particularly talented or anything. But it's nice to see when second generations come around. I mean, we see it in sports a lot these days. But it's nice when second generations come around and do something good. I'm always it's true, of course. It. Yes, that's always fun. It's yeah. nice to feel that it makes you feel less old and then also more old at the same time. Yeah, and it just makes you feel like, hey, they maybe they did something right. Maybe you know the talent like jumped, you know, jumped, you know, got into the next generation as opposed to skipping a generation or whatever. Then again, access is a hell of a drug, <laughs> and <laughs> direct access into the infrastructure in Hollywood. Yeah, like that's the kind of thing that you, it just you don't. No, not a regular person cannot possibly get that. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So I I sent you a list of other Mm -hmm. um, family members that work together in Hollywood. And I thought we'd go through just a few and uh, tell me if anything stood out to you as far as where the nepotism outweighed the benefit versus Mm -hmm. where you thought that actually it was really good to to go ahead and and give the people that already had the inside track the job anyway. Right. Did anything stand out to you on this very long list that I said? It's a very long list. Well, first, I mean, it started with the Wilson brothers, who came from nothing. <laughs> Did you know the Wilsons is... are brothers? <laughs> but Luke and Owen, they, they just, I mean, they just came from nothing, right? I mean, I mean that they just, you know, they, they, had a, they went to college with their buddy Wes, who decided to make a movie with them in it, and they both got famous. So it's not really nepotism, the fact that they, but they both have, I mean, it's really Owen. <laughs> and then Luke was hanging around and, and got parts. Yeah. How does Luke become a leading man? That's, that's a wild thing in Hollywood, right? Yeah, but he's sort of done now, right? He oh, doesn't yeah, do anything. Yeah, he doesn't do anything worth following anymore. I think he served as an effective avatar for the audience. So he like, because he, he's kind of just blank. Yeah. You can project yourself onto him. Yeah. It'll be interesting how, it'll be interesting how they transition into their old man roles. Because they're they're getting there, like how does Owen Wilson transition into old man roles? Oh, we saw a little bit of it in Loki. I thought it was really good. Yeah, he's just still doing his thing. <laughs> he's just old. Yeah, it's like me as I age. I'm like I'm just going to be this person forever. Yeah, I thought I was going to become you know Crunchy. more of an adult. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Exactly. He'll still be doing that. He'll be like this 85 year old guy going wow. <laughs> I can't wait. It's amazing. <laughs> that sounds great. Um, all right, how do you? Like, here's one I can relate to. So, Judd Apatow puts his kids in his movies. Yes, he makes family comedies, and he puts the kids in the. He puts his wife comedy. and his kids in. The yes, movies. which I I can absolutely just he's taking his kids to work. He's just like, look, I I'm going to be here. 
and and to their credit, they're totally game for it. Like, yeah, they they're funny. Well, I they're mean, like, I think every kid is up to like say some smart ass shit and not get in trouble for it. Right, right. <laughs> that being said, I mean, they're you know, I guess maybe it's cheaper. <laughs> or maybe you know, they don't have to pay any child actors. I guess they have to pay their kids, but then that's fine. Yeah, these kids are going to work for scale. <laughs> I'm going to hire you kids, but we're going to pay you like the minimum we can. Or is he like, you know, just bilking the studio? Like, making, yeah, I'm yeah, going to take an extra $3 million on top. <laughs> right. One for each of these kids. Right. I'm going to pay my wife $1.2 million, and I'm going to pay each kid 850000 Yes. And then How did you feel about um, having you know, uh, Rocky Five? Uh, having st- sorry, Sly having his son Sage. There was a lot of S's there, and I wasn't prepared. So, 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 <laughs> Sly and Sage Sloan. I feel um, like this is a maligned one. This is, yeah. I mean, I get what he was trying to do. I mean, it's like, hey, I want to spend time with my son. It's okay. I mean, mm-hmm. there was a character for it. I mean, obviously, you know, they needed. You know, they went to to a more professional actor for Creed and for Rocky. Wait a minute. What's what's Rocky Balboa? Yes, is that yeah? Yeah, they went to Ventimiglia, who's a perfect on-screen kid for Sylvester Stallone. They have the same mouth, they have the same thing. Well, and so. their delivery is very similar. Like yeah, no, it's like it's really weird because it's with both of them. At times, you're like, are you terrible at acting or really good? <laughs> I can't. And is it really Sly Stallone's son? <laughs> Maybe it could be. Yeah, I'm not watching this movie. <laughs> like, it's not in my life. But uh, I, as we wrap up, get close to the end of the segment here, I want to, let's do a lightning round style. I'm going to just read them off to you, and you tell me if they, you thought they worked or the nepotism way too heavy. Okay. I don't know. Just a yay or a nay, I guess. All right. All right, how do you feel about Tom Hanks and Colin Hanks playing father and son in The Great Buck Howard? Meh. I don't know that I ever see the movie, but it doesn't strike me as something that's compelling. All right. Uh, the Gyllenhaals in Donnie Darko. <laughs> Perfect. They Good should choice. work together more, yes? Yes, for yes. sure. Uh, John Voight's creepy ass with Angelina Jolie in uh, Tomb Raider. Fine at the time, much creepier now. <laughs> <laughs> the Krasinski's in A Quiet Place. Good movie. I like that one. I didn't see the sequel, though. It's fine. It's more of the More same. quiet. More being quiet. <laughs> and then trying to figure out how to, you know, kill the monsters. <laughs> okay, perfect. Yeah. Uh, the Levies, Eugene and Dan on uh, Schitt's Creek. Amazing. Yeah, <laughs> fantastic. I don't even want to watch the show. I just laugh at whatever I see them pop up. They have such amazing chemistry together. Like yeah. most, you know, just comedy's hard enough. Comedy, doing comedy with your dad or with your son, and to make it work at that level is just amazing. It's credit to both of them. Cumberbatch casting his parents as his parents in Sherlock Holmes. Like anyone would know. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's fine. Uh, Mamie Gummer and Meryl Streep in Ricky and the Flash. She just looks shockingly like her mom. Uh, yes, and then now she, but she's like a TV actress. It's, it's. I can't figure out her career. Yeah, just Meryl Streep's daughter is what her career. See, is. like that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Does Mamie Gummer have a career if she's not Meryl Streep's daughter? Maybe not. All right, and then and the headliner, Will and Jaden Smith in one of the many movies they've been in. I liked After Earth. Oh my god. <laughs> How can you, what I, I'm not even going to engage with that thought. You liked it? Yeah, I liked it. I find Jaden really difficult to watch. Yeah. 
it's it's the, all the off-screen stuff. He's like a bit like an athlete with too much off-court drama for me. <laughs> I can't I like understand. this guy. He's got too much. I understand. He does bring a lot with him. Uh, there's a there's a lot c- coming along with him for sure. All right. Well, with that, let's go to segment number two. All right. In segment two, um, I found this list on Yahoo of dying careers, and I always like speaking, to... speaking of speaking of dying things. There's Yahoo. <laughs> Which is in and of itself kind of a dying thing, but okay. Yeah. I don't know how I got this or where this came from. I got let's, have, let's have Yahoo throw some shade at, uh, <laughs> at careers. As they say, we are in a time of great change. Mm-hmm. And we want, hey, they're just trying to offer you advice. Sure. You want your skills to be relevant and needed moving forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so you want your, your kids and grandkids to be, to have happy and fulfilling jobs on this flaming rock. As right. it hurdles through space. <laughs> Struggling to support life. Uh, anyway, here's jobs that are they, they say are going to uh, disappear. You know, I mean, they, they start by saying, you know, of course, they, they talk about horse and buggy. I, first airplane. I mean, who? how does this stuff get written? <laughs> <laughs> by a bot? I, probably, right? Yeah. All right. So it says, what industries will become obsolete in the future? Um, and then it says, of course, it says, well, you know, this bot says I want to put a disclaimer on the list right. <laughs> that no one knows for sure. It's self, it's self-actualized <laughs> bot. All right. First, we have real estate agent. Okay. So this is interesting. Like, you don't need real estate agents I think agents this seems simple, you. right? Right. You, you, no, you see, it's this, not. It's not. It, it's not simple. Because real estate is all about legal loot, like legal things. And if you don't have anyone to guide you, I don't want the computer to guide me through this. No. Because it's just fraught with if you zig when you should zag, you're going to end up in a bad place or the shit house or with no recourse. I mean, yeah. if you if you don't do it properly. So finding well, houses to buy, you don't need an agent. No, but between two parties. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. But you don't want to you don't want to negotiate on your own behalf. In the purchase of a house, this is. Not I don't like want to speak to the people that are buying my home. No, absolutely not. A hundred percent not. And I don't want to speak to the people I'm buying my home from. Ideally, no. Yeah, I just let the let the. Let Sometimes the, you have to though. Sometimes you like if they're old school, they're like they want to meet you. Oh my god! If someone <laughs> may, if someone said, "I'd this like you my to house. write," I'd like you to write an essay on how you're going to live in the house that I raised my family. I'd be like, "F you." I wrote a letter for this house. Just because, yeah. man, the market was competitive, and I was like, yeah. they get to pick the offer. I guess. I mean, I guess if it's part of the game, but if someone required me to do it, I'd just be like, ugh. Uh, but yeah. I think real estate, I think buying and selling agents, will, will, I mean, I think are necessary yeah. for the foreseeable. I think actually doing research on where I want to live, what houses are available, that kind of stuff, I don't think you need real no. estate agents for that. No, and also when we bought this house, I stuck it to the man. I went to Redfin and I signed up for eight tours in one day. And this poor woman drove us all over the area. Oh, God. And then we bought the house through our buddy. Oh, <laughs> brutal. She, she got paid for her time. Oh, yeah. Come yeah. on. All right. I'm sorry to her, but not to Redfin. Right. Yeah. Your business model. Whatever. I, you said I could sign up for tours. I didn't have to agree to buy from you. I just ignored your email follow up your email follow ups for three months. <laughs> so you stopped emailing me. All right, next truck taxi driver. I think we've had this discussion before about autonomous driving. We're not close. We're not close. I don't 
I'm not ready for autonomous driving. I don't think in my lifetime I'm going to be personally ready for autonomous driving. No, like, we've talked about it before. The only way it works Disneyland. is centralized. <laughs> that's, that's, it has to be centralized. Yes. Like yeah. if, the, if the parking tram at Disneyland is automated, it comes around and it like, picks up in certain places and drops off at certain places, okay, fine. I'm telling you, the only way the future functions is if you hit a barrier where you have to leave your car and get on public transportation. And that's all there is inside whatever the ring is. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Basically, the sooner that happens, the better. It's a walled city with like a three mile parking lot. Yeah. (laughs) Concentric parking lot (laughs) around the city. Yeah. Yes. Right. I'm with you. Gotta happen. Next, we have Doctor. (laughs) (laughs) It's an interesting time to be saying that we're not going to need doctors. Listen. I saw Star Trek, and even in Star Trek, they have a doctor. Like you cannot get away from a doctor. Like people, people need people to help them with their health. I mean, there's a, there's an interaction there. It's not so transactional yeah. that you can say, "Oh, I, my stomach doesn't feel good," and then the computer sorts you. <laughs> I, I'm sign me up for Baymax. I don't know. Yeah, but even Baymax gave you like ba- even the point of Baymax was to give you care. Yeah, but I don't want it from a human. <laughs> <laughs> I would prefer my care from a human no. that actually cared about I me. want a hug from a robot. That's what I'm looking for. <laughs> oh, my God. I think reasons are just lost their mind. But, just man, like, think about it. You go in for a medical problem. I don't really want to talk to anybody about it. Yeah. And, I mean, half the time you go to the doctor, you're like, man, this feels bad. He's like, well, you're getting old. What do you expect? <laughs> like, and that's really that's the whole discussion. Yes, but at some point you're going to need more than what you're getting now, and that's when, you know, that's when you're going to need a person who's who's slightly, at least can give you the appearance that they're invested in you. All right, well then, <laughs> give me the robot doctor and the therapist that I can talk to. All right, separately. There you go. Yeah, yeah. yeah go for your mental care for the, the yeah computer. medical. Give me a medical therapist and the robot doctor. <laughs> Got it. All right. Be a lot easier to let a robot stick its finger up my butt. <laughs> you do that. We call that Friday night around That's here. Right, right. It's like <laughs> you go to the doctor. People are like, oh, man, I got to get the rectal exam. You get home. You're like, hey, hey, hey. As, as we learned with the uh, the Del Curry incident, they're pegging out here. <laughs> <laughs> Next, we have librarian. It's tough. There's, again, I think that there's a lot of transactional stuff that happens like putting books on shelves is not what librarians do no i mean there's more to it than that yeah so um but yes i mean well this this article sorting this article basically assumes that we're we're just not gonna have books right yes i don't think that's how it's gonna work no king county though with king county library system has one of the most amazing sorting and distributing uh systems in the whole like nation slash world it's a it's a model for other library systems in terms of its efficiency and effectiveness. It's true. I never think of it because it's been a while. First of all, it's been quite a while since I used a library. But we used to use library all the time, and I never really thought about it. But the King County Library System would tell me where the books were. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, we don't have it, but here are the three branches that do, and it was yeah. always correct. Uh huh. Yeah, it's it. They've they've got it down. So that's what librarians manage. The management of libraries, I hope, does not go away. I hope people continue to read books because. You know. There's something to be said for the ability to focus. Like, I mean, the, the internet has eroded my brain, like, to a shell of its former self. Mm-hmm. 
My brain used to be something special, a marble. <laughs> now, it's just it's... a washed old. Just it's like the front, the frontal cortex has just been eroded like a shitty cliff. Yeah, by the yeah. ocean. Right. Slowly peeling off and then leaking out my ears. I hear you. I mean, it it takes me. It just takes me the effort of reading a book for a couple nights in a row and then I'm good to go. But there's a little there's a little hill in front of that that I have to climb over that that I don't get too often enough. It's like, oh you know, I'd really gotta finish this book that I've been reading and then I'd be like, Oh look, Ultraman on Netflix. <laughs> like, oh, let me watch well, this. so you're describing the problem. Like I can't yeah. focus on a digital document and absorb it the same way. Um, yeah, and let I have that book. Yeah. Like it just makes a huge difference. And I don't know, you would think that it wouldn't matter anymore. Like I've been doing the screen thing for a long time and mm. you'd think that at some point I would adapt fully and maybe it sounds insane to a younger person. Like, what do you mean no. you can't focus and actually absorb information? I, there's something different about a tactile experience when you're actually trying to learn. Right. It's just easier. I don't know. Yeah. It's easier to block out like this, you know, I'm, I'm reading this, but. There's there's five tabs open and there's two devices that could alert on something else at any time. Yes. I'm staring and, at a book. I can. Sh- it's much easier to get away from that. And when you're if you're reading a book for pleasure, there's a really exciting piece about I've got a bunch of pages on my left and a very few pages on my right, mm-hmm. and you're and you're peeling those pages over and yeah, there's something there's something uh, there's something exciting about that that you don't get from a digital experience. Yeah, and you get to. Paint your own pictures. I don't know. And also, I think maybe reading for pleasure is not fun for people who apparently can't see things in their mind. You know, that's a thing that exists, right? Yeah. That, that, that seems terrible. That does seem terrible. Yeah. It seems like a disability, Frank. And I don't mean to be judgmental. I just, it just seems like it would, I would really, to me, it would greatly hamper my ability to both comprehend and recall things if I couldn't picture them in my mind. I do, I do look forward to a time where I would get to read more for pleasure mm-hmm. at some point. I think as... Old old retired me is going to read a lot. I know this for a fact. Yeah, like on a real and real books or like a real Kindle? books. No, oh, but facts. You know, you know. Kindle's fine. A mix, a mix. Yeah, sure. There'll be a mix of things. All right. Uh, the last one I want to touch on because we're running out of time. Because of course we are. The sports referee umpire. What do you think the job's really going away? There. Well, I mean, tennis made it go away, and it was great. But that's that's lines, no, there's no line, nuance to that. Lines calling. Line calling is. Again, there are there are certain things in sports, and we've talked about this a little bit before, but that are that are very black and white. Like balls and strikes should be more black and white. Yes. Like there's no reason we should have a dude standing behind there calling balls and strikes. No, it's insane. It's insane. It's and like again, serving in tennis. Tennis figured it out. Like let's get yeah. rid of all the lines, people, because we have yes. a computer that handles this with a hundred percent accuracy. Like you can't. Yeah, but like you need umpires it. for safe and out. You always will. You will. You'll always need it for that. I mean, you'll always need umpires, like soccer referees. You can't do that. You can't. You can't. You can't. I mean, I understand how they use it for goal assists and that kind of stuff, like the goal decision system, mm-hmm. or whatever they call that thing. It makes perfect sense to me. Like, things happen fast. The You know, the referee can't tell if the ball completely crossed the line. Like, sometimes they need that. Like, perfect. A perfect use of technology. But you're never going to get rid of that dude who runs around on the field and calls fouls and stuff no just, and then in, in certain sports it's you got to get away from the technology like I, I don't want to go on about this but the reason i brought it up is because 
basketball is getting ready to start again. And of course I start immediately thinking about officiating because it's, that's it's, it's 60% of the product and maybe even in the NFL as well. Mm-hmm. And in the NFL, I understand it, but let's just get a full time review official. Stop with the challenge system. Just if the guys blow it on the field, just have somebody, Hey, actually, and then just go change the call. Right. Get in your conference while he, he's looking at it. You know right. what I mean? And then yeah. just get the, just, and if it's and clear and obvious, not some ridiculous thing, just move on. Like if you can't tell, you get to look at it like three times. If you can't tell, then you can't change the call. Right. Yeah. It's like, we're reviewing it. Okay. It's fine. Go. Yeah. And like, especially in basketball, like there's something about basketball with the flow of the game is so important. And I just want the official to have more power to call things that are just, just not the fouls by the letter of the law. A foul in basketball is a, like, hey, what the fuck are you doing? That's not out. You know, you, 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 that's clearly a foul. Like, you but, just call it, what it that, that but way. But when a ball goes off someone's knee and out of bounds, they should be able to say, oh, it went off that dude's knee and went out of bounds. The, the replay official. Yes, but again, three views. Three views at, like, one regular speed and two slow-mo. And if you can't tell immediately, it just stays yeah. however they called it. Otherwise, it's clear and obvious. Clear and yeah. obvious, we get the call right. All right, that's not where I wanted that to go. I knew that was going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go to segment three. All right, in segment three, I have a, uh, an advice column that I ran across that felt maybe a little close to home, but I'm not going to get into detail on that part. And I'll just read it for the record here for our listeners so they can understand where we're coming from. So this person writes in and says, I've been pondering the seeming demise of personal accountability lately, and I'm curious on your take. Sorry, I should say this is to the Carolyn Hacks advice columnist in the Washington Post. I love that her last name is Hacks. She's a journalist, or a writer anyway, not a journalist, an advice columnist. I'm shouldering the financial burden for a beloved parent who, in my opinion, made poor choices and didn't weigh consequences until it was too late. I hear so often that it isn't a person's fault that I'm wondering, where can my anger be directed when I'm left holding the bag? And it isn't the person's fault. And she goes on to say a a litany of things. Not your fault if you're an alcoholic, it's a disease. Destroy your body with pills because you have mental health. Also not your fault. I I don't think that... It just goes on and on to say, you know, uh, getting suckered into banking because you didn't... uh, Understand the loan. Um, it's not your fault you're ignorant. Not your fault to edu- or not your responsibility to educate yourselves further because they didn't know any better. Racked up a credit card debt and so on and so forth. On and on and on. So where does personal accountability lie anymore? Is it dead? And Carolyn says for account- accountability to be to work, it has to be accurate. And I think that comes off as like if you point out the truth somehow, it's going to change this <laughs> this dynamic. And that is nowhere in my experience. Mm-hmm. nowhere near what happens when you try to deal with someone who makes things is hell bent on making sure nothing is their fault. Right now. Now we are talking about, I mean, the, the focus here is family. Like this is a family is a weird place because you want to do things for your family. Presumably. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, if they're, if they you know, so it's different with friends or acquaintances or whatever. It's like so-and-so like do whatever cheated on their spouse and got kicked out and be like okay right. <laughs> too bad for them you know then you're on to the next thing right like i don't i don't care but but if you're talking about your family especially like a parent like at some point and, and again i think maybe and i'm i'm just gonna say like in, in asian culture like mine it's, it's used to having multiple generations just hanging around like uh-huh. now my family doesn't but i know a number of families who do uh-huh. Like you just, you know, grandparents live in the house with the family and they have the kids, and then you know they, they sort of help out, you know, as the as the parents get older, and 
that's just kind of the it's the circle of life, Simba. And uh, and but I understand maybe where this person's coming from too. Like especially yeah. if their parent is just a needy wreck. Yes. <laughs> and this person's still trying to live their life. That's, that's the difference. You know, that's the sort of the difference, right? The you know the you know if the grandparents, if my parents, like say, lived here, they lived their life and they 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 did things fine and dandy and had money and you know gave us money to live in our house and all these other things like it would be you know they help out around the house and all these other things like you know grandparents might do great but if you've got someone who's just basically fully dependent on you a parent who's fully dependent on you i think it i think it i think it takes a i think it takes a weird turn of course i think you're gonna have it's like now carolyn takes this opportunity to talk about the fact that it's what works is understanding the problem that problems have nuance. And I argue for this all the time on this sure. show and other places and that nuance and context are everything. And yet I find <laughs> myself in a position where I have written off actually multiple people who I was once close to because of their poor behavior and my unwillingness to tolerate it. And she says, even she talked about cheating. She says like saying, it's just that complexity can be harder to manage emotionally than writing someone off saying you cheated because you're a bad person and I never want to see you again can feel a lot simpler and more satisfying, for example, than saying you cheated because emotionally you're kind of stuck in adolescence and not good at saying what you need. And I stopped paying attention enough to pick up on your signals and your impulse control is weak enough that you jumped on a tempting offer to feel temporarily better about yourself. No. (laughs) (laughs) No. 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 Yes, yes. Shit is complex, but it doesn't absolve you. No. Of the choices you make, right? You shoot a person, you go to you shoot a person dead, you go to prison, right? Right? It doesn't matter. Like I broke into a guy's house and I shot him dead and stole his things. What you didn't realize is the nuances <laughs> behind my action. He had no. something I wanted, and I've wanted this for a long time, <laughs> and I don't have the money to buy it myself. Yes, so I went to his house and I shot him and I took it. I mean, come on, Carolyn Hacks. What are you talking about? I mean, there is a bottom line to to actions and consequences. Now, granted, you know you might be able to you might be able to nuance the shit out of it, but when it comes right down to the end, it's like, am I willing to trade my own personal comfort to deal with your personal baggage? Mm-hmm. And this is a very hard thing, especially if this person who's pondering <laughs> is the name. If they've done it, I mean, it's hard to be responsible, right? It's it's yeah. ants and grasshoppers. Yeah. Right? We the, Aesop tells us a story about how the grasshoppers should all be dead come winter time. Because the ants are handling their business. Mm-hmm. So die grasshoppers. <laughs> It's and we all love this story. It gets told to us all the time, and you know what it is. You don't see the ants going. Okay, I understand that the grasshoppers were you know just having a good time and maybe weren't really thinking about what the winter would bring and how harsh it would be and maybe it would cost them their lives if they just didn't collect food all summer long, like us ants do. So why don't you just come in, grasshoppers, and eat all of our fucking food? No, <laughs> no. 
Absolutely not. Now, so what I'm, but here's the thing. Family is one thing. Now, I can support a family member who's made bad choices. But if they think they're, if they think I'm going to support them at the same lifestyle level that I support myself, they're fucking crazy. <laughs> no, you don't get to go on my vacations with me. No, I'm not buying you the same car that I have. No, you cannot use my my, I'm not adding you to my golf club membership. Go fuck off, right? I mean, it's like, <laughs> get a job. I will support you. And, you know, find something to do. Work at McDonald's. I don't know, whatever. Get some benefits. Uh. And I will support you. I, you know, I'll pay for your cell phone, mate. I'll add you to my cell phone plan. You know, you can have my Netflix account. My account. I'll pay for your utilities. If you, can, if you can find yourself a cheap apartment. Happy to support you, but if you think you are living my lifestyle, you're crazy. You've lost it. You've lost the plot completely. So, okay. So let's take that as our as our circumstance. What do you do when that's the expectation and that is the behavior that you, that that manifests from this family member? That I am you're you're treating me so unfairly. <laughs> well, I should you be can... able to suckle from the same teat. Well, then you get nothing. You either get the you either get the deal I give you, or you get nothing. Mm-hmm. And that's and if you can't come to grips with that, then then that's I mean relationships are two ways. No, you can't live in my house. No, you can't. No, you can't. You can't live my lifestyle if you have not taken care of yourself up to this point as an adult. Fair. I mean, I'll be. You know, I'll absolve myself just by saying that I came to those conclusions when I realized that I was getting nothing from the relationship and it was sucking a bunch of shit out of me and making me feel bad all the time. And I was like, I'm not going to, I can't, this is not, it's not good. I don't like this. I feel bad all the time. And it's always just this same crap. I was like, I've had enough. I've had enough. And I, and I feel terrible that you have to deal with that. I mean, I've been blessed with a family that, an immediate family that has their act together. So yeah. And I've been very clear, like change in these specific ways and we can try it again. No, no. All right. (laughs) Yeah. And then, and you know, to, to, uh, you know, I think honestly this, so for accountability to work, it has to be accurate, but you, but in accurate, this is, this is the part about accuracy. It has to be accurate from both sides, right? Mm. You did this. Yes, I did. Okay. Now if we can agree on that then maybe we can start. But if it's like, you did this, it's, no, I didn't. I didn't do that at all. That's not how this works. And I was like, oh. And now now we come to the case of my seven-year-old daughter <laughs> who will just lie straight to my face as if I didn't just witness what I just experienced. Just coolly and calmly, huh? Oh, just, just no, no, indignantly. <laughs> how dare you? <laughs> I did not. And and we'll never and like just is is, a, is maniacal about making sure that uh, it wasn't her fault and that you know it wasn't her fault even when it def- definitely was. Well, I look <laughs> I look forward to her being the governor of the state when she gets old. <laughs> a high level, a high ranking politician of sorts when she uh, when she grows up. That'll be great. Bright future. Bright future. In politics. <laughs> in the law. In reading. In- Supreme Court Justice. <laughs> Supreme Court Justice Ty's daughter. I'll be very, I'll be, uh, I'll be, uh, I'll be thrilled. Carolyn I'll does. Be, I'll uh, probably, be, I'll probably be dead, but by then, but 
you know, let's hope. I'd be th- I'd be through. <laughs> oh wait. <laughs> <laughs> Carolyn does redeem herself because there is a second question I was going to get to where she this woman says or it's, you know says it's a proud mom. Uh, my child is a college freshman, very far away from home. Excited for her. Hope she has an amazing experience. Chose a beautiful town, small university. But, however, she barely scraped by in high school, and I'd like to communicate to her that I'm happy to pay for college as long as she's passing. I'm worried it's going to come out wrong. I don't want to discourage her. Should I say something or not? And Carolyn's like, you need to shut the fuck up. You blew it. You had your chance, and you should have said it a lot earlier. What are you talking about? No. <laughs> no. She can say this whenever she wants. Listen, if she's footing the bill for this young woman's education, at any point she can say to her daughter, listen, if you don't pass your classes, I am not paying for them. That yeah, is, I, that is I guess fair. I'd give you a year without maybe saying anything. <laughs> no. I gave I one year. She should have said it to her on the way out the door. Or she should have said it to her well beforehand. That's that's sure. what Carolyn says. Yeah. You got to bite the bullet now. You think so? I don't know. No, I mean, no. I think it, there's a lot of it depends in this one. I All just right. thought it was funny that she's like, you should have said or, this a lot earlier. Or you could just see like the report cards come in or whatever after the first after the first semester or whatever they're on, and just say, "Hey, you're doing great. Mm-hmm. Keep it up." Yeah. And then. And if they start to struggle, you have to say, you need to get some help or make this work. And if they start flunking classes at that point, you're saying, well, you got to come home. <laughs> well, I don't know if you can. How do you get the report card? They have to give them to you because they're an adult. You don't like get a copy. You're, are you going to pay for your children's college and then not have them give you their report? If card? they're not small, smart enough to falsify digital report cards, then they shouldn't be in college <laughs> anyway. That's no. not. You definitely have to turn it. I need the receipts, and the receipt says report card on it. That's the that's the deal with that. All right. Well, that's it for our regular segments, and you know what time this is. Are you stupid or something? Are you crazy? Or just plain stupid? Are you stupid or something? Stupid is stupid does, sir. It's the stupidest things ever said. What for? Why for? Why, therefore, art thou, Romeo? Singer Britney Spears on considering doing a musical. I'd like to start somewhere small, like London or England. (laughs) Yeah. Speaking of London. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. You had something. Yeah. No, it's like, yeah, she's right. She should start somewhere small, like London. Or England, <laughs> but he like London. That's the, that's what that's what it starts. I was like, London's only what the you know the yeah. sixth most populous city in the. But it looks quaint. <laughs> Speaking of London, we have British politician Boris Johnson. Mm. I could not fail to disagree with you less. <laughs> that's like I couldn't care less, or I I could. Care I'm not less. even sure I understand what this means. Can I even sort? Th- right, I could let's, not let's, fail. To disagree with you less. That means he agrees with you. Yes. Okay. I couldn't fail to disagree with you less. Yes. That's what it means. <laughs> All right. Wasn't that complicated? I just, you know, was reading it for like the second time ever. <laughs> Pizzeria sign in Indonesia. Panties, pizza. I love panties like I love you. <laughs> panties? Panties. Panties, pizza. <laughs> I love panties. Like I love you. <laughs> you Me too. Like the same. Same. <laughs> same. Panties. I love panties and pizza. Someone listening to us getting super triggered by us saying panties over and over again. <laughs> Stop saying it. Tipping Point host Ben Shepard. 
For every action, there is an equal and opposite reaction. That's which scientist's third law of motion? Contestant. I know this one. It's yin and yang. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> That's not the scientist. But no, yeah. but they have the they have the concept right. Yes. Well, partial credit. Yes. Is that a passing grade for college? You're going to keep paying yeah. for my school? Sir, Sir Isaac Yin Yang. <laughs> That's who it came from. Yin Yang twins. <laughs> Doc, doctor, one medical, one non-medical, the Yin Yang twins. Right. Um, I thought my window was down, but I found it, out it was up when I put my head through it. That's an explanation <laughs> on a car insurance claim. <laughs> Yikes. You seen that video circulating on the internet lately of that guy sprinting directly into like a plate glass? Oh. Like it's, no, it's like in a hotel I, hallway oh, and it's I one see. of those doors with a door and then the long thing of glass. And he, he, for some reason, didn't think there was glass there. Just, just mows into it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, those and are it stops bad. him dead. <laughs> He's, yeah. Reporter, do you lament how your punt team has performed? Clemson, you football coach Davos Winnie. Lament, lamented. Is that like laminating? I don't know what that is. New word. Hey, man, I'm from Alabama. It's a big word, lamented. Let me write that down. I'm going to tell them. I lament, y'all. They're going to look at me just like I looked at you. I would I would beat up Dabo Sweeney for this other than the fact that that was like an actual scene from Ted Lasso that you just read. And everybody loves Ted Lasso. Apparently, it's great. You don't like but it. when Dabo Sweeney actually says it for real, apparently it's like the dumbest thing anyone's ever said. I actually think this is pretty funny. I, I don't have a problem with Dabo. I mean, other than the obvious problems I have with Dabo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that, but that, that is that is that scene is that is just right out of yeah. the that's that's directly from a scene from Ted Lasso. Yeah. All right. Finally, tech support. There we okay. go. I always love these. <laughs> so let's try a reset. PTSD. Here we go. Hit me with <laughs> Press it. the sleep wake button and the home button at the same time and hold these until you see the logo and then let go. Okay. Sounds of something hitting the floor and glass breaking. <laughs> How did the reset go, sir? Well, I pressed the buttons and let go like you told me, but now I've broken the tablet. <laughs> oh, my God. Amelia Bedelia. <laughs> oh, why do you have to be so literal? Oh, people. Let's go to the overtime. Overtime. In the overtime, it is the end of September. And we did this with Josh a month ago. This is lightning round. I was going to keep track of how many you get right and then total it up afterwards. Oh, okay. I don't care. We don't have to. All right. I, I thought if we're going to do this every month, because I want to. Okay. <laughs> we can keep a running tally. You did a quiz. All right. Yes. Quiz me. All right. Ready? All right. Here we go. A survey found that Americans buy more of this on Sundays than any other day of the week. What is it? Toilet paper. Ice cream. A new <laughs> survey found 61% asked said universities. What? Sorry, what? that's exactly what it says. Asked said universities. Uh -huh. Oh, got it. Sorry, I'm an idiot. Hey, so a new survey found 61% asked said universities should do a better job of this. What is it? Um, teaching. Changing to meet the needs of students. <laughs> I'll give you a half. I'm going to give you a half credit on that one. All right. Thank you. <laughs> A survey found one in three Americans buy this at the grocery store at least once a week. What is it? Um, vegetables. A frozen dinner. <laughs> really? Yeah. Nearly half of adults surveyed said this food was the best part of their school lunch as a child. Tater tots. String cheese. String cheese? Yeah. I didn't have string. We didn't get string cheese at my school. No, that's, that's bring from home lunch. Yeah. Yeah. 
I think that's just a thing that disappears as you become an adult. You <laughs> don't cheese. like buy string cheese. <laughs> right. Once my kids leave the house, I'm sure the string cheese will evaporate right along with them. Come on. All right. Research <laughs> finds a, a majority of people can't do this while reading. What is it? Uh, talk. Read Roman numerals. <laughs> what? <laughs> a majority of people cannot read Roman numerals when they're written down. Oh. I, I, I'm sure that I'm sure that uh, anything over like 150 is like, yeah, a me- it would be a mess. It's not that complicated. Oh. If you know what the letters stand for, it's really not that complicated. <laughs> a survey found 37% of unemployed Americans say this would help them to return to work, work sooner. Job offers. Mm, paid, family, <laughs> paid family leave. Mm. A survey found 60% of Americans admit they have interrupted a dinner conversation to do this. What is it? Belch. Take a picture of their meal. Oh, God. A new survey found... First of all, take a picture of your meal. Don't take a... Stop taking pictures of your meals. I don't do food. We talked about this. I don't do food. I do. I do. But I I wouldn't take a picture of my... I don't take rest... I don't... I'm not taking pictures of my food at restaurants. No still life for you? No. Okay. You know, sometimes I'll take pictures of stuff I made, which is actually just kind of like... But you wouldn't interrupt a conversation to take a picture of your meal. Right. No, Me neither. A new survey found 80% of homeowners face this during their do-it-yourself projects. They face this? Yes. Um, injury. I'll give you a, another half credit. It is minor or major mistake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no shit. Have you ever bought a house? Yeah, right. <laughs> Have you ever tried to do any, like, your own, you know, even skilled artisans screw up? Yeah. And what was that, really what was that ratio? Hiding it. What was that ratio? 80% of homeowners. Yeah, Yeah. for sure. A new survey finds 78% of workers say this would increase their loyalty to an employer. What is it? Um, it, Free soda. Access to money as they earned it and not waiting for payday. Like you just have a bank account full of your wages. It just, it just, every day you just get a little every day. Yeah. I mean, I guess, but I mean, there's like fees and stuff. Seventy-eight <laughs> percent. Like okay, take it easy. Which percentage are you in? That's why this doesn't apply to you. <laughs> hey, listen, and, i i worked i worked i worked a very i worked a very manual job this over the weekend. You did all right. A new survey found twenty-eight percent of Generation Z music fans say they discovered new music through this. The radio, video games, Gen Z. Yeah. Oh, Gen Z. Oh, still, maybe they listen to the radio. No, none of no one listens to the radio. <laughs> a new survey on working from home found 65% admit to doing this on occasion. What is it? Masturbating. <laughs> I'll give you another half point working from bed. <laughs> <laughs> a new poll on physical fitness found nearly 54% of Americans say they are unable to do this. What is it? Uh, a pull-up. Oh, I'll give you another half credit because it's 10 consecutive push-ups. Oh. 10 push-ups? Mm-hmm. 54% yeah, of Americans say they are unable to do 50, sorry, 10 consecutive push-ups. I believe that. I don't, I, I've got injuries and stuff. Anyway. <laughs> Nearly 50% of hospitality workers polled said they would consider switching jobs for this. Um, salary? Better workplace technology. You got, you got to get outside the box. <laughs> A national workplace su- technology, where do they want to work? It's it's hospitality workers. I don't know. They just the point of sale stuff at hospitality is like, all right, 
I'm going to pause the lightning round. I'm sure we're over time. I'm <laughs> having a bit of an editing mishap. I have no idea how long the show actually is right now. Um, I think we're I think we're good. It's fine. But if I don't acknowledge it, I'll, I'll never feel right about it. <laughs> Can't just put out 112 minutes and be like, oh, no. Anyway, um, I checked into a hotel in Singapore years ago, and it was the, like the middle of the night. And I scanned my ID, and I scanned it, and I put in a code, and the computer spit out a key card and I went to my room and I never talked to anybody and all hotels should be that way. Why when I go to the hotel, what are you typing? And why for so long? <laughs> they Come on. Have a, they want you to have an interaction. That's no, the, that's they, the concierge. That's an, that's an opt in feature. When I check <laughs> in, I don't need to talk to anybody here. This is me. I'm proving it to you that, I'm, that this is me. Uh-huh. We can do pre-qualified online identity if you want. All right. All right. I can, Take my clear membership and apply it to all the hotels I check into. <laughs> I don't want to talk to anybody. Just give me the fucking key. <laughs> A national survey shows 70% of parents think schools handled this effectively during virtual learning. What was it? Lunch. Digital communications. <laughs> uh, I don't think that was our experience at all. It took six months, but eventually I would say that they got good at it. And now, now our teacher is just fantastic. We have one teacher just fantastic now. Like you should see the quality of the emails that I'm getting. Nice. You know, the guy that explained to me what opinion writing was. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you take the good with the bad, right? A new survey found 75% of people who owns that who own this almost never use it. What is it? Handgun. <laughs> Jesus, a pool table. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I would hope it's more than 75% of people. This is America, baby. <laughs> A new survey found 68% of women in the workforce report this compared with 52% of men. What is it? Harassment. Burnout. (laughs) 60% of people surveyed felt more comfortable visiting a car dealership if they were able to do this. What is it? Afford a car. (laughs) Ask more questions. (laughs) Ask more questions. People are scared in the world, man. Take some agency for yourself. I don't know, man. You're gonna throw down several, maybe you know, tens of thousands. A small of fortune. An automobile. Mm-hmm. You better ask some questions, or just or ask all the questions on the internet before you get there. <laughs> then you don't have to ask the person any questions. Right. A new survey finds seven in ten people polled say these are their favorite appetizer. What is it? Oh, it's uh, it's um, pigs in a blanket. Dips. <laughs> what dips? <laughs> Dips. You want any chips? I don't know. <laughs> Who says dips? By I love dips. Bring me all the dips. I really, I really like dips. Oh, like, what do you like to dip in the dips? Nothing. Just, uh, just bang my just hand. Like the, just like that. I just want a plastic spoon and some dips. No, just my tongue and the container. <laughs> just let me add it like a dog. Dips. That's awful. A survey found twenty-five percent of all couples get married without knowing this about their spouse. What is it? Eye color. Their salary. <laughs> what? 25% of all couples get married without knowing the salary of their spouse. I would have to say that, that at least that's at least one person whose salary is zero. <laughs> that's how you end up being the person in the advice column who's right. having to be taken right. care of by their daughter. People, people, take it, from, take it from me. Find out what your spouse makes. More importantly. Salary or year. Find out about their debts. <laughs> right. <laughs> Find out about their assets and their liabilities. Yeah, I volunteered that before I got married. I was like, I have some debt issues, but I've got it under control. There you go. 
Exactly. Yeah. We have it. I never, I would never expect you to have to deal with this, just to be no. crystal clear. Yeah. <laughs> 55% of online shoppers polled, they said they actually prefer to shop in person for this. What is it? Um, makeup. Groceries. <laughs> yeah. You know what? Online groceries just is all about just like staples, right? Yeah. You can't. You got to be able to put instructions like, do not substitute this. If you do not have it, do not bring another, a different thing. <laughs> I wouldn't buy a different thing at the store. Don't bring me something else. I need to be able okay. to specify. Finally, 78% of employees surveyed said they are eager to do this at work. What is it? They're eager to do this. They're eager to, they're eager to socialize with others. Take company surveys. <laughs> I am man. ready to let the man have a piece of my mind. Listen, man, I always get, I 100% of the time get the, you have not taken the survey yet. <laughs> so, so first of all, I know that they know that I haven't taken the survey. Yeah. So let's, let's be clear. It's not, is it anonymous or is it not? I don't care. People, I always get the one that's like, it's anonymous. I'm like, mm, I just it, write, is it, I write things and then I also caveat them. Right. Maybe well, I, it's because of this, but it seems like <laughs> I got I, 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 I some years ago mm. at, the, at my current job, I did in fact fill out the survey with some constructive criticism. Sure, I've done it. Only to f- have that constructive criticism sort of echoed or like parroted in some ways mm-hmm. in conversations that I had with others. I'm like, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so now I don't make now. So now I don't put in comments anymore. I just I give ratings. Uh-huh. I usually give high ratings, and I'm out of there because I, I have I've, I, it's fishy, it's fishy. My I, I I don't trust the I don't trust the system. I think it's uh, I think people know when it's me. <laughs> I try to stay on message about messaging. Like my only real complaints are you used to tell us a lot more than you tell us now. And it seems intentional and that makes it feel weird. So can you address that? (laughs) The answer is no, No. we will not. (laughs) It's funny because there was a, there was a meeting recently to wrap the show. I know we need to wrap up, but you sparked something in me where there was a meeting recently where instead of the CEO talking, it was a a different executive Mm. and uh, he basically used as many words as possible to say, we're going to focus harder on making money. And there was someone who in the questions in the town hall and credit, like I said to my company many times for being very open and to the Q and a and the kinds of things people post in the public slack that I can't believe they would ever post at work. Right. But somebody was posted like, well, our mission used to be this. And it was as much softer feel good language. Are you saying it's going to be more like, quote unquote about making more money and in so many words like essentially yes <laughs> it's like missions are fungible M- making money is not this is a business right it was just right. quite a moment to, to watch these people sort of dance around this topic of we're not <laughs> making money and it's a real fucking problem right we need to <laughs> or enough i should say i we, i'm not familiar with the, the intricacies we need to of the focus we need to focus on revenue for a bit yeah yeah uh, i think as a business you're <laughs> we all love the mission and we want to support the mission, but you know what supports the mission? The dollars that the business makes. <laughs> right. Yeah. All right. Well, that's our show. 
Our thanks to all of you for listening to Two on Three Pod, where we try to fit both your brains and ours with bespoke new ideas. Subscribe, review, tell your friends and your enemies, and meet us here next week for more pop culture, life strategies, and existentialism. But until then, peace! Peace!